Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. I am in Salt Lake City getting ready for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, regroup reset before the lakers go on this amazing run to uh, you know it's not really the second half of the season listen guys you can't you hate to say a must-win game before the break but this kind of was for this lakers team going up against the pelicans the first time getting a look at the new look lakers new look lineup lebron james and anthony davis joined by d'angelo russell malik beasley um and all the new guys they they won and they won d- 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 decisively um all right listen i know what our money buckets is going to say so before we give him the floor brandon your thoughts on the way that the new look lakers looked yeah i'll give some hope to lakers nation before our money buckets ruins all that hope right here with his analysis now first i wanted to say you know anthony davis that was the key we talked about that in studio yesterday and the day before he was needing to get back to his production in december and january um on both ends of the floor and he finally did um limited attempts he looked fantastic dominated both ends of the floor valanchunas is a tough guy to get offensive rebounds over he got a couple of them he was shooting the ball very well. Didn't attempt a three, which was good. We we didn't want we don't want him attempting threes. And then D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, looked good the first couple of games in a Lakers uniform. But by far his best game completely changes the dynamic with this team when he's able to take over offensively, like he did. And I think that kind of seven seconds type offense they were running in the first three minutes, four or five minutes of this game where it was quick pace, they were getting shots, getting the lobs to AD, the pick and roll game with D'Angelo and AD, and then LeBron getting it to the shooters. I mean, that's the death lineup right there. You can quote unquote call it the Vanderbilt, Davis, Beasley, Russell, and LeBron lineup. Uh, That's a tough lineup to beat on a nightly basis. And I know it's one game against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans had won four of their last five games. They're no slouch, even without Zion. Brandon Ingram was going nuts ridiculously jared vanderbilt did a fantastic job on him there's a lot to like heading into the break of course you know there's still five games under 500 they need to win against golden state i think that's next thursday um uh that's in la i believe because they played the last game in golden state uh, in, in the bay area they need to go on a win streak that was a great win must win we talked about it a rush and they got it done that was important now they're a game and a half back of the 10 seed so we'll see what happens, but they're in a better position than they were, Armand. Let's let's give Laker Nation that. They have some hope. We have some hope. <laughs> well, yeah, they are in a better position because they won, and you hit the nail on the head with how important the game was, Brandon. And their hot start really dictated this whole game for me. The Pelicans climbed up and 
came right back into the game in the third quarter, but that hot start really just took a lot of mojo out of the way that the game was played. With that being said, this Lakers new starting five, I know what you said and a lot of people have said about Jared Vanderbilt and the job that he did on Brandon Ingram. I honestly thought Brandon Ingram just missed shots. I think he, the the problem that I see with the Lakers defense is guys that can get to certain spots on the court. And by the way, almost every team has one of those guys. If you can get to your mid range pull up CJ McCollum, for example, those guys can get there whenever they want. The Lakers defense, I think, will have a huge problem stopping the mid-range and the three, and I think they're going to be elite at stopping points in the paint. I think Davis and Bamba and Vanderbilt will do a great job containing and controlling the inside, but from the mid-range and from the three, if you're a guy like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you're going you're gonna to eat on the Lakers. I really do believe that. With that being said, the other thing that's not being considered yet is how does a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, who they're going to need on the floor, how does his lack of floor spacing impact LeBron and Anthony Davis? We saw it a little bit in the second half. Josh Richardson was guarding Vanderbilt. He was cheating off in the paint. He got a couple steals doing that. So where do you put Vanderbilt offensively next to guys like LeBron and Davis when he can't really space the floor? Those are all the questions I have, Arash. Okay, so listen, you you bring up some valid questions. I think the biggest problem is that I do like this team. I, I, I don't think there's any question that they improve this team. When you talk about improving a team, and one thing that doesn't go into it when, when people talk about how does someone fit on the floor and what is this guy's shooting percentage and true shooting percentage, there's also something that you can't quantify is that the mojo and the 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 feeling in the locker room was not there. They they got rid of I think one player in particular obviously, but it could have been more than that that didn't want to be there. And now you have guys on that team that want to be there. So in that one respect they did improve. Beyond though them just improving, they're really in a tough spot because we talked about this on the show at the beginning of the week I think. You know, for them to get even into the play-in tournament, I know a couple of weeks ago we talked, oh, they're only two games back in the sixth seed. It, it, it is, uh, right now, as we sit here, I think they're, what, the 12th or the 13th seed. Um, they are going to have to go on some kind of a run here that they have not gone on in three years. Again, the the pre-pandemic team went on a similar type run. Again, listen, they they were the best team in the league. The question is, can they post-All-Star break go on a run like that? I think that's the biggest question I have. I think that there's at least some p- potential there. You know, because, again, we had a, a large enough sample size with the previous group that we knew that that was not going to happen. Brandon, with this team, and when you look at who they face, you talked about it coming off of the break Thursday. It begins with the Warriors. As you look at their schedule, Listen, they have improved. Have they improved enough to go on a run here? Uh, I think I think they have. Um, I'm not saying it's all said and done. Like they're going to go on some run, and I don't. I don't think it's going to be the run we all expect. I don't think it's going to be like a six straight win type of run. I think the run, quote unquote, that we're gonna that we've been waiting for for three years is going to happen, but not in not in the way we think. Like I think they're going to probably win. 15 to 16 out of those last 23 games um, and or 24 games. 
and they're going to get the 10 seed. I, I think now, right now, the sticks and seven seed is out of the question unless they start winning like 10 games in a row. But look at the schedule when they come back. The Warriors next Thursday is probably the easiest game of their next three. And that's crazy to say, but they already beat the Warriors. And I do think they're going to win that game, or at least they should. And that that is another must win game because the game after you go to Dallas where they don't play well, Kyrie and Luca are going to destroy them on Sunday, February 26th. And then they go to Memphis where they're also going to get destroyed because they beat Memphis in a game that Memphis really needed to win at home in LA. And I think Memphis is going to be mad. So I do think they lose to Dallas and Memphis. And then you got to go beat the Thunder in Oklahoma City. So I do think they come out of the break two and two. I do think they beat the Thunder and Warriors. But the schedule does not get any easier. They have some gimme games, but not many left. Not many like Arnold brought it up yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. That's that's the issue. And I'm and I'm not saying that you're wrong because you're probably right. But I guess what you know, at some point they got to win games that they're not supposed to win. At some point they can't go two and two. Again, they're essentially a five hundred team when you when you take out the first ten games of the season. But the fact of the matter is, they did go through that t- terrible stretch to begin the season. So when we're saying okay, like they got to go on a run post All Star break, and we're sitting here saying post All Star break, you know, realistically they're going to go two and two in their first four. It's like. Man, I mean, you're running out of time. I mean, at some point, you you have to have a run where you do get four in a row or four out of five or something like that. And I do think they can do that the following four games because then they'll have um, they'll have a stretch where they play the Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans, and Rockets, and I think they can win those four games in a row. And that's the I think March. 10th that starts i mean that's in a few weeks i do think they can go four and oh in that stretch and really catch up to maybe be 33 and 34 at that point and that will be you know a good position because if they're 500 they're going to make it in my opinion because the jazz are going to choke um the blade i know it's not like we're not asking no, much i was but- <laughs> gonna say i was gonna say hey guys like if we get to that point i mean if they're 500 i'll finally get to return to crypto.com again i made that vow to myself at the beginning of the season i said i'm not going to put myself through this i'm not going to go back to crypto until they're at least 500 uh they have not gone there yet i uh, will listen and and we've we've, we've talked about this if they're a below 500 team and i don't think that this is going to happen if they get the 10 seed at below 500 i will go to that play game but, but but by the way i they would not host that playing game right so i don't know listen i In would like portland. to I would, yeah I, I, well maybe i'll go up to portland but i would like to go to crypto.com arena at some point again this season our money buckets do i do that do does, does this team get back to 500 uh i don't think so i don't think it's possible they have the fourth toughest remaining schedule the biggest thing brandon as you alluded to is going to be those they have two separate five game homestands in the month of march those homestands they need to go like eight and two in and they're not against they have winnable games in there but they're not all easy games um and coming out of the all-star break is the biggest stretch You have Golden State on Thursday, as you guys mentioned. Now, one quote stood out to me. Draymond Green was mic'd up in the last Lakers-Warriors game, and I'm not giving Golden State a cop-out, but Draymond did say something to the effect of, oh man, that all-star break is going to revive us or something like that. 
So I want to see in a game that really matters to both teams, not just the Lakers, because if Golden State loses that game, they're out of the playing tournament as well. Um, That's a huge game. And then you go into Dallas on ABC and then you go into Memphis and then second night of a back to back, you go into Oklahoma City. And that's another thing we have to keep our eyes on. These second nights of back to backs, which they have a few of in March, does LeBron or Anthony Davis sit out. You cannot sit out at this point knowing yeah. what's at stake. And that's what I'm curious about, especially against a team like the Thunder, who I think is their biggest threat to the 10 seed. I think the Thunder are above the Jazz and the Blazers. So that's a that's a must-win game on March 1st. I can't wait. Uh, another thing we have to consider is Anthony Simons is probably going to be out four to five weeks. So this is the time to for the Blazers, and that's basically their second or third best player. So this is the time to pounce because I do think the Blazers are going to struggle coming back out of the break. And listen, we always kind of gloss over the other team in Los Angeles. Listen, the Clippers are a, a, a playoff team. There's, there's no doubt about that. But here's a very unique story that kind of connects both the Lakers and the Clippers. And, and we've talked about this uh, for some time now. Russell Westbrook, according to Shams, is in talks with the Clippers. I know that there's a few teams out there that have been talking to him. The Clippers obviously make the most sense. It's local. It's Los Angeles. He's he's here. Uh, He was a former teammate of Paul George. Paul George really likes him, wants to uh, team up with him. Um, Listen, guys, we saw the way things worked out with him with the Lakers. Clearly, he'd be coming to the Clippers. It would be a different situation. It wouldn't be this monster blockbuster trade for Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montres Harold, multiple first round picks, where he's part of a big three. He would effectively kind of be in that John Wall role where it's like, listen, you're a buyout player, vet minimum guy to close out the season. In that respect, do you like the fifth? Me, personally, I I do think that Russell Westbrook provides value. The value that he provides is when you look at a team's shot chart, points in the paint are such a hot commodity, and Westbrook is really good at that. He can get inside, and even if he misses, the attention that he draws typically leads to second chances and offensive putbacks. Obviously, there are limitations to what he can do. Will he settle for too many mid-range shots and three-point shots? We don't know. I don't think he puts you over the top, but I don't think he's some sort of hindrance that he's kind of been pegged to be in a lot of situations in his career. I do think he helps. Yeah, um, I think Armand brings up a good point. Uh, I do think that they can hide him defensively more than the Lakers could. That's important with all of their wings. Um, they have a new dynamic, the Clippers, with Eric Gordon, Bones Highland. They have some more scores. You know, you basically have Norm Powell and then discount Norm Powell with Eric Gordon. So you have guys that can, like, get to the bucket and do their thing. They really lack a point guard. I mean, Terrence Mann's great. Um, Bones Highland's good. But you put Russell Westbrook on that roster, I think it's a much better fit than the Lakers. I'm not saying he's going to go nuts and win them games by himself. But what he can still do, regardless of his inefficiency, is playmake at an elite level. And, you know, he can take over games at some points. He can lose you a game, but he can also win you a game. Um, I think that could be important for a Clippers team that sometimes goes stagnant on the offensive end and needs a guy that can come in and just create offense. And I think Westbrook can still do that. So I don't think it's a terrible fit. I agree with Armand. Okay, let's go to Russell's former teammate at UCLA. Kevin Love is about to be bought out uh, by the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Listen, obviously, when that, that happens in your event, you want to go to a team that's in the playoff mix and has a chance to win a championship. I mean, usually, anytime we've talked about Kevin Love, it's like wanting to get reunited with LeBron James. This, this would have made a heck of a lot more sense if Kyrie uh, was here. Uh, but, okay, so Kevin Love will be available could you see him with the Lakers? Does that make sense? Again, here's the thing to consider about Kevin Love. He, I think he lives in Los Angeles in the offseason, went to UCLA. So it, it's kind of like it's he's coming home. But usually when you get bought out this late this season when you're a vet, you want to go to a team that has a chance to win, as we've talked about. The Lakers have a tough road just to get to the tennis seed and the play-in game. How good is he at waving a towel? Because that is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, in a playoff setting, you're going to put Kevin Love in pick and roll every play, and he's going to get abused. Can he give you six to 10 minutes? Maybe, but I actually prefer Mo Bamba's ability to protect the basket and simil- similarly hit open shots. Uh, which is exactly what Kevin Love is. Kevin Love is basically a knockdown shooter. And if you just stay close to him, he won't be able to get his shot off. And then his game is very limited. And defensively, he's going to give all those points right back. The reason why he got bought out is because Dean Wade took his job in Cleveland and he was probably upset about it. But if <laughs> Dean Wade is taking your job, there might not be a job for well, much longer in the NBA. <laughs> also, Lonnie, that's a good point. Lonnie Walker doesn't isn't even in the rotation for the Lakers right now. Yeah, You're true. not getting Kevin Love. I mean, Lonnie Walker's like four times the player right now that Kevin Love is. No offense to Kevin Love. He could still shoot at a high rate, but that's all he can do. At least Lonnie Walker isn't completely abused on the defensive end of the floor, and he's not even in the rotation. So I think maybe Miami's a better fit for him, a team that lacks depth. Again, yeah, you you know you you joked about it, but but it's true. I mean, you would like a guy like a Kevin Love, a good teammate, a guy who's won a championship. Um, listen, he's not going to play, but if he can come to a young team that's in the playoff mix, he could talk to guys about what it's like to come back from three one down, what it's like to win a championship. Before we go to the break, guys, it's All Star Weekend. A unique thing here again, once again, Team LeBron, Team Giannis. Uh, the, the 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 teams will not be picked until pregame. Do you, do you guys like that? I mean, again, it's not like these guys are really practicing for this game. So, uh, but do you like that the teams will be picked pregame? Personally, I think it's a great idea. I think that it adds a little bit of spice to the night. And like, for example, if you're on the playground when you're a kid and you're the last kid picked in recess, which <laughs> happened to me a few times, it gives you a little bit of like, a, OK, that's that's how it's going to be. All right. Let's see what I can show you. And you've already had guys like Anthony Edwards. I don't know if you guys saw the quote by Anthony Edwards. He said, I watched Russell Westbrook in an all star game basically take every shot and it motivated me. So I'm going to look to shoot a lot. So what if a guy like that is picked near the end? And then all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, you picked me second to last? All right, watch this. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great format. I agree. I think DeRozan's going to get picked last, though, probably, the way he's <laughs> playing right now. Or Jaron Jackson Jr., one of them. I don't know. Uh, I, I like it. And one more again. I, I, I think you guys didn't like this, or 
are Ronnie Buckinson like this? Mac Mac McClung did get signed to a two way contract by Philadelphia. He's my pick to win the slam dunk contest. Uh, your thoughts on this? I mean, listen, whatever. It's a slam dunk contest, and Mac McClung will put on a show. I wanted Shaden. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying Shaden I wanted Shaden Sharp to do it. <laughs> he would have been great, but I don't like the way that we are saying it's just a slam dunk contest because it used to be such a moment that we all would revel in as fans of the sport with big names and all these attractions. And it well, was the, the big names of- are gone, though. That's the problem. I agree That's- with you, but the, but the moment big names, like the fact that LeBron, not even once in his career, not even, I mean, 20 years ago, like LeBron should, should have been in this. For whatever reason, superstars don't want to be a part of it anymore. No shade towards Mac McClung. He might put on a show, but as you just mentioned, if it's a LeBron doing it compared to somebody that a lot of casual observers of the sport may have never heard of, that makes a huge difference in marketing the product. And honestly, I think it takes a lot of the the umph out of All-Star Weekend. Come on, Brandon. You got to love it. Mac, Mac McClung. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, ex- I, I'm excited. Uh, sort of. I mean, this is something the NBA really needs the stars back in this game. They put them all in the three point contest. No one cares about the three point contest compared <laughs> to the dunk contest. Like put the stars in the dunk contest. Yeah. All right. That's it for the first segment. We got our good friend, Nick Hamilton coming on. That'll be fun because Nick probably doesn't believe in the Lakers either. So th- that'll be some fun to see some fireworks between Brandon and Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the mightier 1090 of Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii sports radio network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0-3-4-4-0. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Hey, man, I've recovered from the Super Bowl. How are you, Arash, and, I, and company? I am good. We did not have a chance to talk to you uh, following the Super Bowl. So this is our first chance. Uh, okay, so break it down. I mean, what, what what did you think of all these before we talk about the game? <laughs> what, did you, what did you think? Listen, you you had an all-time Super Bowl week uh, last year in Los Angeles. How does Phoenix compare? What did you think? What what was the highlight of the week for you? Well, there is no competition. I mean, I think LA was just LA. It was just magical. It was it was something special, especially with the Rams being that team to host in their own stadium. Um, you had uh, a lot of different events. 
I think the only thing that might, may have been better was probably the Fanatics party because it was more outside um, versus when it was in L.A. It was on the inside. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of limited. But there were a lot of great parties. I mean, even at um, the W in Scottsdale, there were a lot of different parties all around uh, Arizona that were actually pretty nice. I thought the media party, I'm not going to lie, that the media party could have been way better. Yeah. Um, which did not top LA when you had you when you shut down oh, Universal Studios. Yes. That was the best. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, hopefully Vegas will be much better when it comes to the media party. Well, I mean, Vegas uh, is the hospitality <laughs> town, and so yes. I I can just imagine them going over the top with everything. It's Las Vegas. They've been planning this since the moment they got the game. So, looking forward to the game being in Las Vegas a year from now. Um, all right, Nick, let's let's talk about the league, the NBA, the Lakers again. And weird to say you have a must-win game prior to the, the All-Star break, but effectively, the Lakers had a must-win game. They, they, they beat the New Orleans Pelicans right before the break. First game for the entire new crew, Le- LeBron back in the mix. Um, they, they have a, a, a big hill to climb, though, Nick, to get into this play-in tournament. Your thoughts on the way that they look last night against the Pelicans? I, mean, I, look, I, look, I thought they looked pretty well, um, especially now that you have the new recruits. Um, and as they say, the new Avengers have assembled um, and been able to kind of help LeBron and, and AD. But it's interesting because this is a game they should have won. I mean, the Pelicans had no Zion Williamson for the foreseeable future uh, because he's once again injured. Um and so this was a game they should have won. Um, I think every game is going to be a must-win game if they have a desire to make it into the playoffs or at least the play-in tournament to get to the playoffs. Um, like I said, I'll continue to stay set fast. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah, they look good now. It's, it's the all-star break. Just wait. Even if they <laughs> if they make it to the if they make it to the the, the playing tournament, they're not making the playoffs. This is not a playoff contending team. This is not a team that you can go into a seven game series and think they have a shot at winning a series. No, no way in hell they're winning a series. They're not getting out of the, the playing tournament. And I can't wait to pop my bottle of Bel Air when they don't, because I'm going to ask the Laker myopics. Hey, where are the Lakers <laughs> going to be viewing the playoffs? Is it A, Cancun, B, Puerto Vallarta, or C, the couch? Which one is it? Yeah, Nick. I mean, look, they, they won a must-win game. They have a long way to go. They're still five games under 500. What about the other team in L.A.? Because the additions they had with Mason Plumlee looked good. Honestly, one of the more underrated centers in the league. He's having a career year. He was in Charlotte. He's brought over, he can pass to at the center position, Eric Gordon. You basically get a super discounted Norman Powell, guy who get, can score at will, Bones Highland. Um, I mean, they, they definitely improve the depth. What are your thoughts on them uh, right now going into the All-Star break? I mean, for right now, yes, I agree. They have improved the depth, but can they do it for another, what is it, 20-some-odd games? And can they be able to rally together? Because out of those, what was it, 22, 23 games, I believe, that's remaining after the All-Star break, they're going to have to win at least 15 to 16 of them to make sure they solidify their position in the Western Conference as they prepare for the playoffs. I think health is going to be incredibly important, uh, not only for the team, but mainly for Kawhi Leonard. I mean, can he be able to sustain himself 
and make it into the playoffs because after the after the regular season, we all know Kawhi does not take games off. So is he is he going to be available to aid Paul George and company in that pursuit of getting an NBA championship? That's going to be uh, the the question at hand. But they have a great chance. I think the Clippers are going to have to be able to understand. Everybody's going to understand their role. Everybody's going to play their position. And then understand that Kawhi and PG are the main guys. And can they aid them in getting at least into the Western Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals this season? That's going to be the question. Nick, I have a question for you first and then directed towards the group. Uh, We haven't seen the new look Phoenix Suns yet, but I'm just curious to see where everybody gauges what what would happen in a seven game series? A prediction: Suns versus Lakers, fully healthy, both no, teams. But come on, okay, so let, let, let's, just, let's just start here. Let me, let me just interject. No one's saying that the Lakers are the favorites to win right now, according to Las Vegas, according to Circus Sports. The favorite to come out of the West is the Suns. So no one's saying that the Lakers are going to beat the Celtics or the Suns in a seven game series. I'll let Nick chime in. I'm just, by the way, and the bet that we have for money buckets is that they're, they're going to be the 10 seed. And I still got to believe until I got to pick up your tab of drinks to, for the night that you black out that they, <laughs> that they are, that they are going to be the 10 seed. But this, like, no one's thinking that they're better than I'm, KD, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. They're not the best team in the West. I'm not saying that. I'm just curious to see how far away they are in uh, your guys' opinion. I think well, Nick, uh, Nick probably thinks that they're light years behind them. <laughs> listen, I love Circus Sports Book. I think Circus Sports Book is, right, is spot on. But I'll tell you, from these four eyes, there's no way in hell the Lakers are going <laughs> to compete with the Suns in any way, shape, or form. Not even on 2K23. Okay? <laughs> there's just no way that's going to happen. This team is just not built for that. I think if, if KD can stay healthy, that's the key, too. If KD can stay healthy... These guys know how to play. They know what they want. They know how to go about getting it. And they have a great coach on top of that. So I think I think the bigger question for Phoenix is how do they manage that depth, right? They can go with the eight, maybe nine-man rotation in the playoffs um, with the guys that you mentioned, rotate in, rotate out. You know, and, and, and substitutions are going to be critical, especially in those tight situations where game where you have maybe a four or five point lead down the stretch and it's late in the fourth quarter. I think those rotations are going to be critical. Um, to the success of the Phoenix Suns. So I think, you know, that to me, those are the, are the questions that remain. But I think when you name those guys in a healthy KD, I think that it instantly, it instantly, excuse me, makes them contenders and gets them into if they can, if they can make it into the NBA final. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I, I like this Lakers team. I think if they had this team at the beginning of the year, they're a they're in that playing conversation again. They're not, in my view, one of the top six uh, teams. But can they can they yeah. push Phoenix to six? No, but I think so. <laughs> but, here's, but here's why we we have seen this team play. Like what happened when they played the Celtics? If it wasn't for the officials making an egregious call, they beat the Celtics in Boston. That's the best team in the league. The Celtics, in my view, from the beginning of the season to now, have been the best team. So the Lakers on on one particular night, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to do that, uh, you know, four times. I don't think that they can. Can they win one or two games? I think so. I did. I didn't know that. I I did not know that Arash had got into politics. He's making more <laughs> excuses than a politician under a scandal. Listen, let me tell you something. If, 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 if we're fifth, we all be drunk. 
Listen, the Lakers <laughs> should have not allowed that to come down to a, a, a missed call by the refs. I agree that was a missed call, but it shouldn't have gotten down to that opportunity. The Lakers should have handled their business. If they would have handled their business, because they had a night, they, oh, they okay. played a really they played a really solid game. Like, okay, I'm giving but, the Lakers yeah, credit here. Okay, but you're just saying that the Lakers should have handled their business on the road against the best team in the league. So you're telling me that they do have the ability to do that once or twice. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to beat them in oh, yeah, a seven-game series. No, no, okay. no, no, I'm saying they have the ability, but I'm saying it shouldn't have come down to that that, that horrendous call no, I that agree. the refs made. I they should have went ahead and taken care of business. And LeBron sitting there flapping like he's a seal out of water. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you knew damn well you are on the road. It is hard to get calls on the road, especially – as heinous as that call was, and you're a Laker in Boston. I mean, come on. The deck was already stacked. Yeah. All right. Well, Nick, I also wanted to ask about the Eastern Conference. I know we primarily talk about the West Coast teams, the L.A. teams, but did you see anything from that Bucks celtics game? The Celtics had virtually – I mean, they had Derek White, Grant Williams, Sam Hauser, who's turned into Gordon Hayward somehow. It seems like everybody on the Celtics turns into a star. Derek White's been playing great. Do you, who would you take in a series, them or Milwaukee? Because I think Giannis is really he's he's determined this year to get another one. You know that that game was interesting because especially with the Celtics not having their full starters, I I, I did I, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout for Milwaukee. I thought it was going to be much more of a competitive game than people gave the credit for because I think those guys on the Celtics have a lot to prove as far as saying, hey, we're not just we do have an identity beyond Jalen Brown, beyond uh, um, Jason Tatum. You know, I think they, they have something to prove. They have a lot of pride, especially all they've gone through in the offseason with the controversial scandals uh, that happened with their previous coach. I think that team has a lot to – they felt like they have a lot to prove on the court and trying to get away from that. So, I in, in a seven – I think that, that, that series would definitely go seven games. Um, it's just about it of who who's hungrier. Is it Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or is it, is it Giannis um, and, and Chris Middleton? I mean, I think that's going to definitely come down to that. Um, but I, I think I think Giannis is on a tear this year. I think Giannis really wants to prove that he wasn't just a, the the luckiest champion of all time. I think he wants to prove that hey, I'm a I'm a I'm a solidified champion. I can get it done. That's why I stayed here. That's why I signed the contract for five years because I want to bring multiple championships to the city of Milwaukee to that Bucks franchise. And I think if anybody can do it, it's definitely Giannis. Um, but he's going to have to he's going to have to get cut through. Not just the Boston Celtics, but you also have to look at the Philadelphia 76ers. You're going to have to look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, who absolutely surprised me remaining in that top four spot, even though they traded for Spider Mitchell, who I think is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think that the Bucks, I think it's going to come down to absolutely to the Bucks and the Celtics, barring any injuries or any type of uh, detours that may happen. And, you know, I, I, that's to me, that's going to be probably the better series if they can meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's probably going to be the better series, and that might be a little bit better than the NBA Finals, maybe. Who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Arash. No, no, no. Nothing, real nothing. real yeah. quick. Uh, so, listen, Nick, you're a good friend. Russell Westbrook uh, may, not be leaving, <laughs> may not be leaving Los Angeles. We got a report today from Shams that he's talking to, to the Clippers. Paul George was very public in saying he would like to have his former mm-hmm. Thunder teammate joining him with the Clippers. Again, yes, uh, did not have a good stint with the Lakers. We get that. But I think he'd, he'd be coming to the Clippers on a veteran minimum deal in a buyout situation last, you know, 20 some odd games of the season. Uh, 
how would Russell fit in with the Clippers, you think? Well, here's the thing. I mean, it was a great, obviously, it was reported by Sean and Law Murray from the Athletic. Exactly. Uh, that, they, that they were, you know, continuing to be in talks uh, with Russell Westbrook. I also found out even before that, that they had been interested in Russell Westbrook, but the team had to be interested in him as well, be willing to allow him to come into that locker room. So I did hear uh, some rumblings about that even prior to. Um, and I think, listen, I think the relationship between Paul George and Russell Westbrook has never been strained, especially from their days at OKC. Um, I think if Westbrook is able to come off the bench and be able to provide a spark to that second unit, I, it's not the fact I don't, I don't dislike Russell Westbrook. I mean, I've made jokes. I've, I've said, you know, I've been critical of his game because he's made some bonehead plays, of course. Uh, but I think if he could slow it down, I think sometimes he, he's faster than, than, than uh, he, he outlasts himself. You know, if that makes sense. Meaning, yeah. he, he, I think he sees it, but he tries. He's faster doing it than what he just what he sees, and I think sometimes that catches him up. Um, I think he could be a nice asset to the Clippers um, in that second unit if he's willing to listen to Ty Lue, if he's willing to, to to play his game and not screw up. I mean, dear God, do not put him in in the fourth quarter when it comes to shooting, because we all know how that's going to that how that's going to end up, and it could cost the Clippers some major games. So I think if you allow Russell Westbrook and understand Russell Westbrook and his type of game and it fits into your criteria, I think it could be a beautiful asset uh, to the Clippers if they're able to make that happen. And I think they will. It was very interesting. You know, prior to the trade, he was the favorite to win six men of the year. You know, if, if he were to sign with mm -hmm. the Clippers and, and continue that role, I, I don't know if we, we've, we've had a player play for two teams in the same season to win six men of the year. Uh, real quick, uh, Nick, in, in our last few minutes here, it's All-Star Weekend. The league, for whatever reason, is deciding to go back to a cold-weather city. I am here in Salt Lake, uh, Cleveland, a year ago. You know, I think it should be kind of like that rotation that we have for the Super Bowl. It should be like South Beach, Los Angeles, maybe Phoenix, maybe some of these other places. But anyways, we're here in Salt Lake. Your thoughts on Team LeBron, Team Giannis, picking their teams pregame. We normally have a show a week before on TNT. Um, and we know who's on whose team. It will be now pregame. Your thoughts on that? I think it's terrible. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think. Who the hell? I mean, are we watching pick up basketball? I mean, are we watching play? We might as well go to Venice Beach or go to Rucker Park. I mean, this is the NBA. I, I don't understand this move. I didn't like it when I first heard about it. Um, I, I, I like the fact of how do you know which jersey sales are going to be where? I mean, are we doing yeah. going back to East and West? I mean, we don't even know which jerseys are going to be on team what. I mean, you gonna, what are you going to do, sew the patches in and sell them at halftime? I mean, this is a poor marketing plan. Um, I don't think this was well thought out. I mean, they might have liked it on paper, but I don't think this was well thought out. Um, and I think they need to go back to just picking teams like they did before. And I think it'll help their merch. I think it'll help their business. And I think it'll help jersey sales as well, especially, you know, people trying to find their favorite players. I personally think it needs to go back to East and West. I, agree I think you need to go that. back to East and yeah. West. I mean, I, this is stupid. Although, although Nick, uh, here's the one, you know, and I do agree with you because I'm a traditionalist and I like that. When you look at what's happened with the West after the tr tr trade deadline, you know, KD coming to the West, Kyrie mm -hmm. coming to the West. I mean, the West is really stacked. I mean, I, I, I wonder if there's um, a thought process there. Like, like, let's not have one conference be so stacked. I mean, if... Do you, uh, and I agree with you generally, 
But now post-trade deadline with LeBron and KD and Kyrie and Kawhi and Anthony Davis and Paul George, you go down the list, like all these stars in the West, do you do you think that maybe that's why the league will not do that? No, I think the league, I think unfortunately, I think the league is just, I was just playing laziness because we've seen that before, Arash. We've seen the West be stacked and dominate. I've seen the, we've seen the West dominate even when the late great Kobe Bryant was on the team. We've seen them dominate and be stacked before. So I think it's just the, the fact of they want to shake things up. And I understand it. Like, I'm not, I'm not void of understanding. I get the fact that they want to shake things up. They want to provide something new. But it's like certain things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Like, let it be East and West. Because most people still consider guys, they don't say, oh, I'm going to go for Team LeBron or Team Giannis or Team this. They say East and West. Okay, Sunday so is on the Western Conference. Okay, Giannis is on the Eastern Conference. I mean, when you look at this, I mean, look at the team, Captain. Giannis is in the East. LeBron is in the West. Like, it's still East and West, no matter how you slice it. It yeah. still comes down to East and West. So it doesn't, to me, make much sense. I get they're trying to get the mystique and trying to build something different. What they need to focus on is that boring-ass slam dunk contest. That's what they need to focus on. And start getting these same stars that y'all worried about this all-star pickup game and start getting them into enticing them to, to go into the, the dunk contest and the three-point shootout. That's what they need to focus more on. Don't worry about the game. People are going to come to the game because, as you said, we're all a traditionist. We love to see the game on Sunday night. We love seeing our favorite stars compete. We're, we're, people are going to come out regardless. Worry about the boring-ass slam dunk contest and the three-point shootout. That's what I feel like the NBA needs to work on and also help promote the WNBA more and get yeah. people ready for their season as well. Real quick, Nick, in our last 90 seconds, Mac McClung, uh, who I think is going to win the thing, he was in the G League when he got selected. Ooh. At least at, well, <laughs> at least the Sixers signed him to a two-way deal, so he's technically in the NBA. Uh, your thoughts? On, on Mac McClung potentially winning the slam dunk contest. Who the hell is that? This is what, Arash, I just proved you just proved my point. Thank you very much. You just proved my point. No one cares. Who gives a care? You people, you think people are buying tickets and saying, Ooh, I can't wait to see this guy. Wait, look at the program again. Who is he? Versus saying Anthony, you know, my man Ant Man from Minnesota from Minnesota. Or or yeah. watching Lamelo Ball actually go and compete, or somebody or Spider Mitchell compete. That's who people want to see. We want to see stars, man. Stop giving us these bootleg knockoffs, man. I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to that gentleman. I'm sure he worked his tail off to get there. Congratulations for him getting a contract. But come on, man, stall me out, please. Stop. Yeah. Uh, by the way, G G Hay Wiley has been tracking Mac McClung since the kid was in high school. So I'm sure she'll be like a proud mom. During All-Star Saturday night, exactly. <laughs> uh, Nick, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.